Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. So what we have here is a war chest for insert manager here. Eric. A million. Mark Gay. Love him. But can you have Mark Gahey and Lissandro Martinez in the centre-back pair? Maguire, over the last four or five games, has probably been Man United's best player. Anthony, being an ex-Ix player, is destroying Palestri's potential. Go play with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Go play with the boys. Man United fans, now we know that you're in sixth place. You're only seven points off the top. Could they? No. (laughs) (laughs) And we know that you're the most informed team in the Premier League. Could they? No. No. But that's a very misleading stat. Given the performances that led to where they are now, as well as the displays in Europe recently. So in this episode, we're going to do a complete squad evaluation and decide who stays and who gets the boot. The caveat of who should still be at the club in five years' time. We're also going to put forward some tasty signings that would no doubt improve the team right now. And what we'll also do, which is what we did last week, so if you haven't checked out the Chelsea one, it was really interesting because you've got a lot of young players there and they had to kind of pick one, yeah, yeah. based on the kind of potential of them and say, like, who is going to be your your guy and yeah there's some really really difficult conversations there to be had actually and then we kind of spoke about how much of the one bill would they get back from the players that yeah. they would sell so uh, with the man united players we'll, uh, kai will make a list for us do it in the dock for me kai and then at the end we can uh we can suggest how much money we might make back from these guys Fair from enough. ffp give it a go it's the age so first things first joe tom linson of exeter isn't it yeah um, obviously a Man United fan of course yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel about Man United at the moment because I think this is a good time to do it now some people go yeah. oh, will you stop hounding Man United we're the most yeah, important team now. in the league <laughs> but I think this is a good time to do it because when it's at the depths of a loss like result bias is a thing and mm-hmm. the way you can feel about your team is, is one way but after a, a victory against Luton but one that some people can't figure out if you played well or not. Certainly didn't play outrageously well. Missed yeah. a lot of chances. It's one where you kind of... There's a bit of an equilibrium, I guess, to the possible feelings around these players. And there's a lot of history with a lot of these players as well. So I think it's a good time to run through the squad and, and think Especially about these Especially with players. Big Sir Jim coming in. A lot of these players could be facing Oh, right. Sorry, I thought you were me, you. Sir Jim. Not, not, not you, but I'm Sir Jim Ratcliffe. I'm happy with that nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure when this gets released, but... Maybe there might have been an announcement at that stage. Do you think that he is the shining knight? Mm, 
lot of question marks in my opinion. Lot of question marks. Obviously, may, most of them res- revolve around how influential the Glazers remain and his plan slash strategy for ousting them of full control. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of question marks. But if you'd have offered me twelve months ago the Glazers cede sporting control to, you know, Sir Jim and he appoints, let's say. Blanc comes in and Paul Mitchell, Paul Mitchell comes yeah. in. I would have said, "Wow, this is this this pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good." Uh, but I think a lot of question marks about that bit. What? Yeah. What are you after at that sort of top level before we get kind of onto the players? Because uh, yeah, well, I think there's got to be massive restructure behind the scenes at Manchester United. It's a long, long way back on a lot of other elite clubs. We know about the recruitment side, and we're probably going to go into the recruitment side a lot in this podcast, but clearly there are major, major recruitment issues there. There's a lack of strategy, a lack of top-down strategy. The fact that the club doesn't have a sporting director is is really quite crazy, given you know every elite club has a sporting director at this stage. I think there are question marks against John Murta, who is, of course, in charge of footballing operations, um, and how well that's gone. There's question marks against Richard Arnold for his handling of off-the-field situations and obviously, you know, has been involved with Manchester United. I think before becoming CEO, he was the head of commercial. So, again, doesn't really align with the sporting project, does it? I think there's a lot of question marks off off the pitch and that does bleed into on the field. I know people mock Gary Neville for saying all this sort of stuff about, you know, top level is bleeding into the the lower level. Uh, It is. It does bleed in. It does bleed in. Kieran Maguire from the Price of Football podcast said on this podcast, it's a convenient excuse for fans. It bleeds in, man. It does bleed in to a level. To a level. I think there are definite question marks to be had about what's going on on the field right now, but it does bleed in because the recruitment is a failure and that has ripple effects thank you long long way down the line doesn't it as we're still seeing now with a ramshackled squad based of four or five different managers recruitment so in two sentences what do you want from jim sir jim not me a clear and decisive proactive football operation at the moment united are extremely reactive there's a problem united react to it there's an issue, an injury, United are reacting to it. They're very, very rarely proactive, going out and seeking out young talent for the future, going out and finding a problem that might occur in two seasons' time and dealing with it now. It's very reactive. I'd like it to be way more proactive. And for goodness sake, let's appoint a sporting director. Okay. Yeah, I think mean, that's a fair point. Proactivity comes from having a vision. And transparent, <laughs> man. Let's make it transparent. Let's actually see what's going on here from some people. For goodness sake, the lack of communication has been astounding. Do you know what I, yeah, I find, what I find astounding as well is like, how can, there's absolutely no excuse not to go and get the best in class. Like, yeah. When it's Man United, I think there, I think that, how can you not go and get there the best is in at class? at the moment, because the best in class don't want to join United. That's the truth. But I understand your point. Yeah. Well, but that, you know, but like surely... United tried their best to get Jude Bellingham through the door. But it's Man United not like the Barcelona Real Madrid where you go, when they call, you've got to go. No. no. You don't think so? No. I think what moment. a great time to go and fix not Man United. Moment. Not at the moment. Yeah, but players don't look at it like that. You know, the best in class are, jo- are not joining Manchester United. But sorry, I mean best in class at outside of you know uh, off, off the pitch, the pitch oh, for definitely, now because definitely they should be going no, to get the best yeah, in class yeah. there sorry i thought you meant on the yeah. on the field yeah okay let's get on to the field then shall we let's start with the goalkeeper yeah 
I think it's an improving picture there, mate, actually. I agree. And I think this is... Goalkeeper, I think, often when you do these things, guys, if you are content creators out there, be careful. One must beware the goalkeeper chat because you talk too much about the goalkeeper mm. and then you find yourself running out of time for the other stuff. Yeah. That said, obviously it's Anana, 27 years old. Or Bayinde, do you think he's the next <laughs> coming of Levy We haven't seen him play. Exactly. So it's probably Anana, right? Yeah. I think he has been improved recently. Definitely. What a... Calm. You're a lot, lot calm. Composed. Yeah. And he's saves. making some good saves. Some big saves. Mm. Um, and yeah, improving picture there. So I, I, I'm a definite set. Okay. Five is time. He'll be 32. Mm. So we still have another five years. So I was reading about because I'm a loser about uh, the 2007-2008 Man United Champions League winning team, and I forgot that Edwin Van der Sar was 37 that season. Yeah. He didn't join United. He was 34, did he? Yeah. 33. The old Fulham years. Interesting. Right back. Aroan Basaka, 25 currently, mm, mm. versus Diogo Delo. Now, here's a ripple for you. Aroan Basaka's transfer to Man United caused Ashley Young's renaissance. Do you know that? Has he had a renaissance? Uh, Aaron, uh, um, Ashley Young needs to find Wan Basaka's number. Should be able to get it pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Should have it, really. And thank him for the journey he's been able to go on. So Wambasaka's arrival at Man United meant that Ashley Young and Damian were both let go to make way for Aaron Wambasaka. Both of them went to Italy, mm. with Damian going to Parma and Ashley Young going to Inter. Won the league, didn't he, at Inter as well? Young then went on to spend two seasons at Inter, won the title in his second year, aged 35, and morphed into an out-and-out wing-back. Remember, he was a winger, wasn't he, guys? I'll never forgive him for diving um, against QPR when Sean Derry um, pulled his foot away. Scumbag. This football education <laughs> repurposed him and has added several years to his career. He then moved to Villa, does a good job at right back. He's now at Everton, of course. Not only this, he scored a scream against Forest last season to make it 1-1. Villa last season finished one point ahead of Spurs to finish seventh because of that goal. So Spurs may have so Spurs may have Aaron Wan-Bissaka to thank for their ability to just focus on the league this season. So Spurs, could you also send a thank you to Aaron Wan-Bissaka? No. Not having that as a reference. Do you mean that? That's a great one. I think, look, let's be honest with you. Uh, his time, whether Aaron Wambasaka arrived at the club or not, was probably over at Manchester United. I think the bigger ripple effect was Antonio Conte's rejoining of Serie A to Inter Milan because he was just signing any old Premier League reject. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Sanchez as well. Chuck him in there. Was Victor Moses not in the lineup in that one stage there? Was that, was that prior? Victor Moses in that sort of uh, that world of players where. They're just trivia questions, aren't they? Did he go to Inter under Conte? Uh, I feel like I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Might need to check that one for us, Kyle. Let's know. So anyway, Wambasaka versus Delo. I think it's a great debate. So 25-year-old versus 24-year-old. Wambasaka, still young, 25. Has yeah. developed and improved, I would say, over the last 12 months. Definitely. Large, large development. Like I think he is one of the most improved players under Eric Ten Hag at the club. Yeah. there was. A, I heard a sentence the other day and someone said, oh, we're missing Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I thought, Definitely. Wow. United have missed him massively. Wow. Him and Luke Shaw, like, as soon as he's come back in these last two weeks, definitely you can spot the difference. Is he better than Delo? And which one would you put your money on to be a superb either 30-year-old or 29-year-old and in these next five years, who's going to be a better player? Oh, it's really tough, that isn't it? It's is really tough. tough. Is I, tough. I think probably Aaron Wambasaka. 
Um, Interesting. I think Delo has he gone past Delo then for you? Well, clearly, yeah. As a starter, definitely, I would have Aaron Wambasaka starting in Man United's best eleven right now. Why? Um, I think he's a more competent defender. I think he concentrates more in the defensive phase. I think that is one thing you can level at Delo. He does have a little bit of a sleep tendency at that back post when the ball is played over his head. Um, I actually think he's become a little bit underrated on the ball, Aaron Wambasaka. I think that people watch him. And go, oh, he's not very aesthetically pleasing, which he's not. You know, he yeah, can be a little bit clumsy on the ball. Leggy but his him. ball retention is actually very good. And he's actually very intelligent on the ball. The little reverse ball away at Copenhagen, Copenhagen yeah, instance, I was going to say that, yeah. Like, he's never going to strike the ball like Dallow. Like, Dallow can whip a ball and, as you've seen, can score a screamer. But is that what I want from my right back, what Dallow can give me? I think I would probably just side with Aaron Wambasaka, but it's quite close, that position. Sometimes you can be a good footballer. Uh, some people are, sorry, are good footballers and then some people are good at football. I think wan is one of those more that like he's kind of, he's good at football. It doesn't look yeah. like he's one where I, I play with a guy, shout out Matt Mullen, who dev- definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. But Matt Mullen, right, if, if you're picking teams, you pick Matt Mullen first. Amazing centre-back. You never get past him, right? But if you said, if you had a ball in your hand, you just rolled it in front, you did a little backspin roll and you go, Mullen, would you just ping the ball over there? It's a disaster. Yeah. And Wan-Bissaka, I think, I think there's a lot of players like this that actually, who we think you are when you're 21 or 22 yeah, and who you sort of come to be are two different things. Because I think some players, when they don't aesthetically look that great, that doesn't mean they're making bad decisions. I, I think he's really improved. If there was a big game tomorrow, I think everybody would be picking Wan-Bissaka. Interesting. Would you like an improvement on both of those? Um, I overall? think in the long term... The Can def- you win a league with Aaron Wan-Bissaka as your right back? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I mm-hmm. think so. But I think it would be a case of the rest of the team producing a lot going forward because I don't think he's ever going to be a defender that contributes heavily in the final third. I think if you were just asking him to do a job defensively, mm. fantastic. Yeah. Like one v one, there are not many better defenders in the league. But Agreed. I do think going forward. There has to be a little bit more there. So potentially that is an area. Yeah, about. I think from that it's area... It's a low priority though, isn't it? Given some of the other problems in the squad. Well, yes, all right. Okay. Yeah, Inco- <laughs> incrementally. Yeah, right, right, Drop right. Drop that down. But I also, I also think... And that was the thing when we talked about Postacoglu in the last podcast. I was saying that, that the reason why he has to stay with what he's doing is that if you want to become a team that wins a title, which is the dream for Tottenham, then you have to become that team and I think that's where I struggle with wan because as competent as he can be going mm. forward. Can he I ever don't... become the inverted fullback there at Ten Hag? Actually yeah. Once. And can he, be, is, can, he be an, a brilliant, can he become a brilliant attacking asset at right back? I don't think he can do that either. And I think if you're going to be who they need to be and get 90 points, I just don't, I just don't think he's got that. But yeah, I, I get why you went with him. Let's move on. Right side of centre-back. Hmm. Interesting. At the moment, it's Harold. Okay, Definitely. all right, Definitely. here we go. Raphael Varane, who's 30, versus Harry Maguire, who's also 30. Mm. So those of you who listened to the last podcast will have heard that I, I got, it was a ripple effect because it led to me tweeting out uh, after I heard this ripple. Okay, Wilfred Ndidi is to blame for Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire was bought... Just to blame for Harry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> He ha- Wilfred Ndidi is Harry Maguire's father. Now, Harry Maguire was bought in 2019, the summer transfer window, for £80 million, of course, which has followed him around. The season prior, he had been part of the Leicester defence alongside Johnny Evans. That guided them to a respectable ninth-place finish. 
This season was also fresh off the back of the 2018 World Cup run. And during the 18-19 season, Harry Maguire was heralded for his contributions in carrying the ball out from the back as well as the, def the defensive displays. However, the credit should have gone to Wilfred Ndidi, who had a freakish season, averaging 6.1 tackles yeah, in the interceptions awesome, tonight. Yeah, yeah. He played a very different role, actually, now in the, the Championship, which I'm not sure if he would continue if they went back into the Premier League, but possibly because of the... Uh, the manager, Maresca, I think its name is. Anyway, uh, a metric that would have put him in the 0.1% that season. So, therefore, Man United were potentially gaslighted by Ndidi into signing Harry Maguire. So, this led to that tweet that uh, of, that I, uh, we chatted about in the last podcast. I can give you a few more, actually, guys, just to nourish you more. Which players uh, in the Premier League are getting all the spotlight, but are, in fact, looking good because of another player? Quite a lot of people saying Shah, Rodri, someone said. <laughs> Saliba making Gabriel look better than he actually is. Uh, and uh, someone said the drink water paradigm. Interesting. Um, Diaby making Watkins look better than he actually is. Someone said Varane when Maguire is playing. What, as in, how does that work? Varane when Maguire, so he's saying that Varane's, so Varane's making Maguire looking better. Or maybe the other way around. I think right now, Maguire over the last four or five games has probably been Man United's best player. Um, I think he has... Do you know what? I think you've got to take your hat off to Harry Maguire. Like, he gets a lot of hate, uh, probably bordering on the ridiculous. Is frankly. he out of the worst of that? Yeah, I, I hope so. For Do you know what I mean? Sake. I really hope so, because he is the epitome of a... Sort of professional. Great pro. Yeah, like he has had to deal with so much rubbish from the fans, not necessarily always Man United fans either. Neutrals love to pile on Harry Maguire, don't they? He's become this sort of weird cult meme figure. He has kept his head down. You never see him moaning in the press. You never see him moaning on the sidelines. He comes in, he does a job, sometimes ineffectively, but this season, effectively. He's been United's best centre-back this season. His distribution from deep has been excellent. And because we're not playing quite such a high line without Lissandro Martinez, he looks good. He does look good. Yeah. Um, so I think Harry Maguire this season has been United's best centre-back. Yeah, and I, th I thought this one was interesting as well, as well. Because So would you pick, for the next five years, do you pick Maguire over Varane? Uh, odd, uh, odd time for Varane. Uh, not really sure what's going um, on there. Yeah, so look, I think it's been explained by Ten Hag in his press conferences that he cannot have, and I would agree with him definitely on this point, a centre-back partnership of Varane and Maguire. Because Varane means that Maguire has to move into the left centre-back role, which obviously is very, very different to his game because of how he passes the ball and he, how he wants to tackle. But he has done that for England a lot. Yeah, but it's England. It's England. Okay. And I'll let you it's, land. it's a different speed of game. Right. You know, like, I think the line is different, the passing is different, and how United are trying to build up is different. And Rafa Varane has to play at right centre-back. Rafa Varane cannot play at left centre-back. Like, his touch and passing, as demonstrated in the Copenhagen what, defeat... The, yeah, what, the five-time Champions League winner? Yeah, Who's but, 30? I, I... I think you're scrabbling there, mate. I'm not, man. Ten hard scrabbling. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. This is... I watch Man United every single game. It can't, like, he cannot play in that left centre-back channel. He can't. Okay. Uh, like, the ball 
at his feet just looks chaotic. Like when he's at the right centre back channel, as we proved last season, when he's alongside Alessandro Martinez, way better because he can open himself out and play into the midfield. He is still quite athletic, although the injuries continue to pile up for him, don't they? Which again has to be an issue when we come to set off or get. But when he plays on the left it just doesn't work man it doesn't work okay. uh, so it is a straight battle and the right centre back role between him and Maguire last season he was on it this season so far it's been Maguire but I could see that changing based on form is is Varana a, a great because I kind of you know when you you do the five Champions Leagues and yeah, Real definitely. Madrid and all that but he's 30 and he, so and there's not there's not space for him right now definitely, that, that feels odd to me but he's not playing well. Like, you could be 30 and be one of the greats, but be out of form. Like, he's just out of form. And I think that he is a little bit like Maguire, actually, a really elite-level professional off the field where he's not going to kick up a thing, he's not going to cause any issues, and he's going to accept, you know what, I'm not playing well at the moment, Maguire's playing better than me, I've got to my place back. I appreciate all of that. All I'm saying is that, say, the, the equivalent, in my mind, of a Varane at... Liverpool is Van Dyke, and if Van Dyke's not in good form, he's still the first guy in there. No, nah, but it's not. Is he's it? the A side. Varane yeah. should be the A side. No, nah, surely. No, nah, because no, 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 because Van Dyke is and has been playing much, much better. We're talking about Varane at the moment. Let's be honest, being the Matip in this scenario, where Martinez is really the Van Dyke, the first centre back name on the team sheet every single time if he's fit, and then you are looking at. A player who maybe two seasons ago, Matip was, you know, maybe the best centre back in the league, arguably. Okay. So, so what you're saying, and I like this, it's refreshing. You're su- you're suggesting to me, forget the name, forget the age, because that's a, that's a prime I age for a centre back. I, I think and that's a prime it. name for a centre back. <laughs> it is, but this, we're talking about one of. I have loved Varane throughout his career, and I think he's still got loads to offer Manchester. I think he's a good centre back, but I think injuries do eventually catch up with you a little bit. And he has been notoriously plagued with injuries yeah. throughout his career and is being plagued again at, his, at Manchester United. I, and I just think he's out of form. And I think okay. Maguire has earned that shirt and at the moment deserves that shirt. Fair enough. Last one on, on Varane. Yeah. Do you expect Varane to be a starting centre-back for Man United in 18 months' time? No. Interesting. No. I think United will dip into the centre-back market in January. Okay. Depending on how bad that Martinez problem is speaking of which left side of centre back Victor Lindelof fresh off the back of a goal again he's not a left side of centre back is he I think he's probably third choice left side of centre back I think it actually goes Martinez Luke Shaw Lindelof that's the left side of centre back <laughs> right right yeah. Yeah. and we saw that last year man where he was yeah. Luke Shaw was great as a left side of centre back very very effective when he had Malassia outside him I think that Martinez though is, is awesome and it's like obviously the injury problem never healed correctly did it and he's had to have secondary surgery there so fingers crossed he comes back back to full fitness fit and firing he's 20 he's currently 25 yeah he's great ceiling wise in a team that's like thriving does he start getting into those conversations of of all the best guys in the in the premier league obviously he looks very different there's no reason he couldn't yeah you think he's good enough to do that yeah okay I think it's an easy one. Obviously, you go with Martinez as your first. You know, if he was playing in one of the centre back roles at Man City or at Arsenal, I think we'd all be going. Well, so wow, hypothetical ripple. Lissandro Martinez was linked with Arsenal last season before signing for Man United. What would have happened if he had gone to he Arsenal? He would have been unreal there. But 
I think the way they play, I do think Zinchenko suited that system better because I think they were looking to recruit him more as a left back. United were looking to recruit him more as a centre back. I do think Zinchenko suits that Arsenal system a little bit more just by the way he can tuck in and his athleticism. Mm-hmm. Whereas Martinez, I think, I just like him as a centre back. Like that battling spirit as a centre half. I want him in the centre of the pitch. Right. So, so do you? You don't see a future for him as a left back. No, he's a centre back. Like if you see, you know how you see. Man City with the sort of, you know, big back four or Arsenal recently, Tomiyasu kind of playing right. in all sorts of different positions. He's just not athletic enough, I don't think. He could play there, but he's a centre-back. Okay. Yeah, that would have been interesting. As also, say, like, I always think Gabriel for Arsenal has that sort of John Terry element of just being a very exciting attacking defender in, for set pieces. He's awesome as well. Yeah, oh, he's awesome. Yeah. We had a we had a chat about this, didn't we? Like he's last awesome, year, we were man. saying like who should have been in the team of the year. But the thing I like with Gabriel, I think Gabriel's going to score more goals for you than <clears throat> he will, than yeah. Saliba generally, but certainly more than Martinez. So what would have been the the effect of that last season? Because I think there's times where Gabriel's scored important goals for them. Left back, sure. Luke Shaw, twenty eight years old, no doubt. Terrell Malassia. United have missed Shaw more than any player this season. Totally I think uh, his. Incredible, really. His build-up is just like, well, yeah, incredible. But equally, he was awesome under Ten Hag last year. Well, and and the, the so there's a few of these. Like the relationship with the fans and the player with Man United, I think, is an interesting one. Maguire mm. was one where we kind of touched on it. How how do how do Man United fans feel about Maguire right now? And then I'm going to say ask the same question. About do you know Mitchell. what? United fans, I think we've got to really be careful when we say like which fans we're talking about here because there are the sort of clickbait merchants online that even though he's playing really well at the moment Maguire they're still after that sort of yeah that endorphin hit of saying Maguire's rubbish and he's got 50 yeah, likes and it right? being proven yeah. yeah like I think uh, Luke Shaw amongst every single one of the Manchester United fan base is like well liked especially yeah. post the arrival of Ten Hag where he was brilliant last season both as a left back and as a centre back uh, part of the leadership group and has been sorely missed. And this, again, I think just does come back to the lack of fluidity at the back. I think we've had 15 different back fours, United, so far, across 19... Do you mean fluidity? Do you mean solidity? I mean, like, too many centre-back combinations, too many full-back combinations, like, no settling. Like, even now, Johnny Evans is out for five weeks. He was kind of being favoured in that left-sided role, wasn't he? It's just so many problems at the back and I think Luke Shaw and Martinez's injuries like aren't spoken enough, enough about like that is for us like Van der Ven and a doggy not playing at all this season yeah I, I think that the Luke Shaw like his relationship with the fans I bet you could find so many oh, takes from people saying he's trash when I don't think he's ever really been trash I think I often think image is a big thing in football and I, I feel like the sort of aesthetic of Luke Shaw and Maguire to a point, I think sometimes because he's that little bit like chunkier, he's got his socks down, like defensively when it's not kind of working, people will look to go after him. But I think Luke Shaw has been brilliant for a really long time. Yeah. And we'll get on to it again. The same idea of one player making another player look better. Rashford is missing him so, so much. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And i tell you who else I think made Luke Shaw better last season was Tara Malassia. I think Shaw works way better when he's got competition for his place. 
Like when there is pressure on him to perform, he's at his absolute best. That's why I think he's so good for England. When yeah. Chilwell's there, and it's like I'm gonna have this shirt. This he's on it. The, yeah, he's you're right. It. And I think that helped him have him at Malaysia there last season. And again, another player we've missed, like not played a minute this season, out for the whole season, I believe, or at mm. least most of the season. What did you get from him last year, Malaysia? Do you think he's good? Yeah, yeah. I think he's good. I don't think he's r- r- like ripped the world up good, but like for 13 million pounds, I think he's a very solid and capable backup. Mm. In terms of those left backs, like I say, Delos played left back, Lindelof's played left back, Regulon's played left back, Amrabat's Shaw, played left back. and Amrabat's played left back as well. Five different left backs is not something you want to see. And of those five, two of them are actually left backs. Not good. Yeah. So this is interesting. Luke Shaw was a target for Chelsea before signing in 2014. A long mm. time ago, Luke Shaw. Uh, what would have. So what's that? He's going to get a testimonial on the horizon. Wow. What would have happened if he went to Chelsea? So Man United, who needed left back, could have gone back in for Leighton Baines again, who would have been 28 at the time. Probably would have. Given Baines was past his prime at around 31, this would have meant that Man United would have needed another left back in 2017. A left back who could have been an option would have been Andy Robertson, who left Hull for Liverpool in 2017. How different mm. would it would life have been if Robertson had gone to Man United? Well, what do you have picked United over Liverpool? Because that Liverpool team was pretty good, and United. Mm. Well, they were all right, weren't they? they it was, it was like, an exciting project. Wasn't summer, it? It was summer, summer as Van Dyke was it? Was Van Dyke twenty? Uh, he was January, wasn't he, Van Dyke? Uh, either way, I think it would have been a selection between United and Liverpool. He probably would have still chosen Liverpool. If Andy Robertson goes and plays for Man United. And you've still got Rashford there. If you think about Robertson and Mane and how they mm. played together, would Robertson and Rashford have worked as well as Luke Shaw and Rashford? Yeah, probably. I think Robertson's been the better left back. Overall, more dynamic, probably not as good. Mm, close, technically. Like, I can't, you can imagine Luke Shaw kind of coming and being inverted. You can't really see Robertson doing that. But, I mean, has, how often has that been needed? I think it would be interesting. Rashford would have got into very different areas. Anyway. Yeah. Also, Ryan Bertrand had a good season at Southampton, so he could have gone there as well. Probably would still be playing for them. Better midfield. Another interesting one. Here we go. This is where it starts to get interesting because the back line, I think, is more... Okay. Obvious. So that was the bad bit, guys. Imagine. That was the bad bit. Stick around. Casemiro, 31, versus Kobe Mainu, 18 years old. Will Casemiro be sacrificed sooner than anticipated due to the rise <laughs> the rise of uh, Mainu? In terms of this rise yeah, of Mainu as well. I've got Amrabat in there as well, by the way. You've got to have Amrabat in there. That's true. Oh, no, well, we kind of, we've got him as a number eight here, but we could put no, Amrabat no, in there. You no. want him in there. He's so, actually, that's there. a good point. So, with this, I'm, I'm happy for you to move people around. He's not going to be playing as an eight. Amrabat is not going to be playing Fair, fair, fair. True, like, true, of course. I think, um, oh, Casemiro's a weird one because maybe our, well, alongside Lissandro and Luke Shaw last season, maybe our player of the year, like, definite contender for that. But most important, him and Bruno Fernandes, most important players last year. Yeah, well, Rashford as well. You know, he scored, he scored 30 or whatever. Fair but um, I think... I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened. Because he looks really, really comfortable. And I kind of thought to myself, when he first arrived, I thought, ooh, looks a bit leggy here. Like, for the first six games, he did look a bit leggy. And people were like, 
hmm, what's happened to Casemiro? And then he just Uh-oh. refound his form, looked fitter and fitter and fitter. And by about February, everybody was like, he is looking really good. He was dominating games on and off the ball. This season, I, I have a little bit of a suspicion that the amount of football he played last year at United has caught up with him. He played more minutes last season at United in a single season than he ever has in his career. Wow. And I think at 31, one, like that can catch up with you a little bit, especially with the intensity of those minutes in the Premier League. Um, and United played, what, 63 games or something last season? Yeah, it was outrageous. A, a, a huge amount. And he probably played the majority of them because there wasn't much backup. I think that has caught up with him a little bit and he looks a little bit jaded. Yeah, that was the word I was going to go to because I think both physically and mentally, right? Because even at Real Madrid, it's such a different role Mm. and they had so much more control. And you've got Modric there, you've got Cruz there. And for him, there's such a difference between getting the ball and just give it to a guy. Mm. Like that's what we're... That's why I was saying trying to get across the Madison point in the last podcast is that losing Madison is such a big thing because he is in a moment of like, I don't know how we're going to like, how are we going to create something? I don't need to do it. I'm just going to give it to you. Mm. Casemiro for Real Madrid was always, you know, allowed that at Man United. I'm, you know, I guess he's got to get the ball to Fernandez. Fine. But as a team, they haven't had that same kind of control consistently. Mm. But I don't know whether that... He was great last year, though. Yeah, he was great. And also, I don't know whether that is our sort of thought process about Casemiro when we didn't watch him every week at Madrid or whether when he was at Madrid, he actually was the guy also that that could spring attacks quite quickly and could... Well, he would I know be in the be- box, though. Just because he was, time, he but just be because he was alongside Modric and Cruz, do we underrate his actual passing ability and his game control? Uh, that's not really my point. My point is that when it's on you all the time, mm. you either are energised by that yeah. or you're not. Madison is an energised player in that situation. He was energised by that last season. Casemiro, yeah, for yeah. Sure. but I think this year, like you say, that sort of jaded element mm. is possibly the psychological element where, again, if we go back to those games last year, again, it's uh, mentally you are less jaded when you're winning games because you feel better. You have a spring in your step. Everyone does. They have a higher level of confidence. You know, what they call it the four C's, where it's like they all affect each other's commitment and confidence. And yeah, and he formed a nice partnership with Christian Eriksen yes. last season, which we haven't had and hadn't really seen uh, at the start of this season. Obviously, now Christian Eriksen's out, I think, what, two months or whatever with that knee problem. Casemiro's out for two months with his problem. So injuries have affected him. Form has not been good. I, I'm reticent, though, by some of the opinion that his legs are gone and he's finished. I don't necessarily want to write off Casemiro, you know, that quickly after th- three bad months. I, 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 I'd be worried about doing that. I think last thing on the Madison and Casemiro bizarre comparison I'm creating is, again, I think sometimes there are teams where you, a player will look better because he is the guy. And then there's another kind of player that needs sort of building blocks around him and most teams need you can't have one weak link anymore in football Mm. and generally you can't really have one guy either so I think this year in particular without anyone running hot you need 
a team and a structure and an identity, which I don't think they over yeah, overly have, yeah. and the injuries on top of that. So they I think can't that's build how... a team and a structure and identity with those injury problems. Yes, it's basically impossible. Because uh, just okay. as soon as you start to think, okay, we're going to play like this, a major need a left back. Gets but you, but you need a left a left back, or or you need. Do you know what I mean? That's that's. I think that's again the left side of things. If you think of, imagine you're in centre midfield and you have Luke Shaw there. And you yeah. kind of give him, and he'll be comfortable and can create and himself. did all of our progression last year, yeah. and like now Casemiro's out for I don't know however long, an indeterminate amount of time with that hip problem that he picked up from Brazil. Um, it's like there's just a constant shift. It's impossible. Like this idea of everybody's like nobody knows how United are playing football and want how they want to play football. It's impossible. It is impossible to. I make. wouldn't go that far, but we've just said, but we're, uh, with Postecoglou, he's he's not got the players he wants. He's still going to play the same way. But we've seen it in one game. It's been so far proved against Wolves that he couldn't play that way. But again, it's about isn't it about if that carried on for the next four weeks? We'd be going, ooh, like. But that's what that's what I just asked you in the last button. You said he's got to stick with it. Yeah, he does. He does. But Ten Hag doesn't have and hasn't been able to make that identity this season because from minute one he's had massive injury problems. I think. I think it, you still. If you know, we should know a year or what is it, eighteen months into mm. his job, we should know how he should be. He wants to play. I think we do know how he wants to play. I don't think I've seen much of it. Well, we weren't saying that at Christmas last year. We were saying he's got an identity here, and United are winning games playing how Ten Hag wants to play. I think again with that, I would suggest that you had a lot of individuals running incredibly hot. Again, it's not it's not a, a full team. From an attacking point of view, in my, in my opinion, as of yet, uh, his potential return, by the way, Casemiro is uh, the fourteenth of January, so he's got a bit of a, a time mm. in the sidelines. In terms of those three, then, Kobe Mainu, which again, I'm always uh, reticent to put seen too him, much on him. He hasn't played a Premier League minute yet. No, he? so and he's an eighteen, and of course you've got Amrabat as well. Who of the three there would you like to set and forget? I'm. I think I will set Casemiro and Kobe. I don't think that works like that, is it? You've got to pick one. Come on. Well, I don't think I necessarily do because I'm, I think in my other midfield slot, I don't know whether I will be setting anyone. Um, I oh, would really? potentially be thinking about those two as, as a dynamic duo. Okay. At the, at the moment, oh, wow. Whereas, all right, all right, all right. Whereas Amrabat, uh, I think, you know, we've only seen him for 10 games or so, okay. but so far it's a forget. So you're forgetting Amrabat? At the moment. Not but he's, a, he's on loan, isn't he? So it's a, you know. You're going to buy him though? I don't think we will. I think it's in the contract that you got to buy him. I don't think it is. Okay. I think I, th- I think you it's, know, a, it's an option, but it's like you need to go to buy him. Basically, I think I remember reading about that. I think uh, it's going to be a costly loan, but I would, given what we've seen so far, I would be surprised to see that option get made. But how can you judge him when he's not? <laughs> okay, football makes hypocrites of us all. Number eight. So let's keep going with the midfield. I'm going to need a midfield. I'm going to have to push a, mm. a three in midfield from you. Yeah. So we've got Ericsson. We've got McTominay, a 26-year-old. He's 31 by that point. Ericsson's 31. Donny van der Beek, remember him? Poor bloke. What happened? Well, he did his knee so badly, he could barely walk, didn't he? Yeah. And Amrabat, we put in that one, but he's already on the uh, transfer. He's already in the transfer bin, which so we'll talk about Amrabat later, see how much we can get for him. Although he's on loan, so he's going to go back, so we've already sorted out. Forget so. him. But that's Forget cost him. us probably 10 million. Did McTominay's last-minute goals paper over the cracks that Man United are desperate for a centre midfielder? Yes. Okay, good to know. Uh, Ericsson, McTominay, Donny van der Beek. We're kind of chucking them out in that pile with Casemiro and Kobe Maino. So um, 
of, of about, are you getting rid of all three of what them? What about double M? Mason Mount. Because let's be so real. So I put Mason Mount in my attacking midfielder wing. So you are yeah, really ripping this up. I know you did. But let's be absolutely real. He was signed to play in a midfield three with Casemiro and Bruno Fernandes. That was Correct. the idea. The plan going into this season was to play Casemiro, Mount and Bruno. And we saw at the start of the season, those three played together. Badly. And it didn't really work. It didn't really work. But I mean, one game's not enough. It's but, not. And right? I I genuinely think Mason Mount's a fabulous football. I, I think there's a really, really high level player totally in there. Totally agree. Um, and I feel like you, if you... I you just want to see, see more of him. And I, I think... He not, needs a system. He I, needs, like, if he knows where players are, he can play the ball quickly. I think more... Like, I never want to celebrate an injury, but but I am excited to see him play now Christian Eriksen's injured. Like, Christian Eriksen, obviously, great player, great professional, but uh, I do He's think... He's not the future, is he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do think that Mount offers much more energy in the midfield. Doesn't offer the game control and passing, potentially, but, you know, was that a mistake? Si- spending... If, if the midfield balance isn't working... Yeah. When United so clearly needed and so clearly need a game-controlling central midfielder that could play for ninety minutes, would the money have been better spent sixty million on Mount on on that player? Like at the start of the season, I was saying no. I love Mount. I'm buzzing that we've got Mount through the door. But right. given that he can't get a game, like Ten Hag has spent and clearly wanted him as one of the number one targets and has gone out and spent sixty million on him. But we're seeing every week McTominay and Eriksen start as a midfield too. That's my confusion, right? And that's why I think Ten Hag's getting away with a lot here because I think... So say like Kai Havertz, people going, is he a nine? Is he, is he a midfielder? Whatever, right? We said this at the start of the season with this podcast. You know, positions are one thing. It Profiles are far more important. I believe, I believe Mason Mount could be a really, really, really good midfielder. I really think and that. number eight. I think there's no reason... Why playing deeper than Bruno? I think he's one of the most. I think he's one of the smartest footballers is, I can yeah, see. You can it. see his brain and ticking. Hardworking, exactly hardworking. When we spoke, we talk about Bernardo Silva. There's a lot of similarities there. If you believe in him and gave him that run in that that position, has he got the t- tenacity and the work rate to press? Yes. Has he got the technical ability? <laughs> yes. Can he dribble with the ball? Yes. And can I just say as well, when he's played for United, he's been really good. When he's been able to get on the pitch and get minutes, he's been really good. I, I so. beg people to watch, watch him, watch him, and his movement, yeah, and so the good. amount of times he's in an area where, if you had a better understanding as in a whole team, he would get the ball so much quicker, and other players would be moving much quicker, and then he could do something quicker than others. And I think now, I'm really hoping uh, that we're going to see an extended run for Mason Mount in the team because he deserves to be playing which I just don't understand why he hasn't been playing and that has been one of my bigger frustrations this season but, but that's the thing for me with Ten Hag like if he'd have gone Mason Mount I see him as a midfielder I, I, I don't see any do reason why he, he can't be but do you think he would have got more minutes had Casemiro not been out for the last month would he have got more minutes if he'd not um, and it we, wasn't you know, we, Tom and Eriksson we'll never know I guess can, can, he, can you pair Mount with, with Eriksson as a central midfielder too? that's a good point that is a good point. I think the Casemiro injury has affected those minutes. Like I think if Casemiro okay, had been, I take it back, Eric. If Casemiro had been fit, I think you would have seen more Mount, like as that three. Yeah, because I think at, at the moment it's Ericsson and McTominay playing as the central midfield too. I think if 
that's a concern. I, I just don't think you can. You got the I'm not sure you can have Ericsson and Mount as yeah. your midfield, as your central midfield too. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'll take it back. But equally, but if you let's get Mount some fit, let's get Mount some minutes. Yeah. Let's, let's believe in Mason. He will come good. He will come good. Yeah. But you just the whole. T- he will be if he was at Arsenal or Liverpool, he'd be killing it, I've, I've, because a better team mm, yeah, will get the best out of yeah, him. He's not. He's not a Madison. He's not a Madison where it's right. like. Let it be on me. He needs. He's grown up with that Chelsea academy where players are in great positions and their quality, and they do things quickly. Yeah. And you can't underestimate that. Okay, so midfield three. Who are we having? Uh, so, so am I saying Casemiro, Bruno, and Mount? I think yeah. I'm saying Casemiro, Bruno, and Mount for now. Okay. Thirty-six-year-old Casemiro. Well, yeah. Obviously, by that stage, <laughs> tough, it'll be, be Cobby at that stage, won't okay, it? Or, yeah. or a, a suitably signed defensive midfielder. But I just want to see more Mount, man. I agree, man. Totally agree. I think, yeah, people just turn their nose up at Mount, don't they? Well, he's unfortunately got this sort of lightning rod of you know there always needs to be a scapegoat, and Mount seems to get made that scapegoat. Like he was made at a bit of Chelsea, and since he's left, Chelsea fans got like, really bitter towards him, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's true. And I think Manchester United fans, when they signed him in the summer, were a bit like, how does he fit? Like, where does he play? And then, therefore, he's taken a little bit of that criticism in the midfield going wrong. Like, I, Yeah, also, he's been a bit unlucky, I think, Mount. Yeah, I also think one of his skills is, and again, people are going to groan at this, is he's sometimes he'll stay out the way. Like... Go watch a Johan Cruyff interview. He says, "If you want to be like, if you want a team to do well, or if you want to help your team wait, team teammate, sorry, team wait. Mm. If you want to, want to help your teammate, run away from the ball. Don't go towards the ball. Run away from the ball. And often, if you're watching the ball, you won't see the little moments of Mason Mount that will drag players in different areas. I would like to have seen him get some minutes on the right as well. Um, I think Anthony's been massively underwhelming this season." Bruno's been shuttled out there at times, which I think mm. comes at the detriment nearly entirely of his game. That's why a lot of his numbers have been yeah. taken down a notch this season. I do think that I would like to see Mount just tried out there. I think he played some of his most effective football at Chelsea on the right side. Bruno Fernandes is 29, which is interesting. Mm, Didn't realise he's that old. Definitely, for me, is it set? It's a set, it's right. A set. Do Would you set him as captain as well for the next five years? For the next five years, not necessarily, because I do think you know when he's 34... He might be getting phased out of the side a little bit. Um, but I just think he's United's best player. <laughs> so I also just don't see where the other captains are in the team. Like, I think there's this weird misconception about Bruno that he's like a problem. And, you know, having met him, having like spoken to people at Manchester United as well, picked that one off the floor, like... He is like the most liked and respected player. Right. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's captain. Like, I, I, I yeah. just, for me, I, I've said this a few times is one, he's, he is petulant on the pitch. Yeah, I think he is. But that's, his, that's how he plays. Like, I don't think I would ever ask him to change his competitive nature. So for me, I would say, does he need the captain's armband? And does it, does it help? I don't think it's necessary. I don't think he needs it, but who do you give it to if it's not him? I think you give it... To, uh, so the thing I always said was, you give it to Casemiro, he can't speak the language, he doesn't have to do the interviews, and that, that takes away a lot of narrative. Nah, because he's still a captain, he's still a leader. Bruno Fernandes, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes, the way he behaves in a defeat often, because he is petulant on the pitch, that leads to conversations that don't need to happen, like right now. But if we were talking right now, we'd be saying... 
you know, there is conversations going on now as to whether Casemiro's finito. His leg's done. And if they'd have been saying... But Gary now, Neville was finito and you still gave him the captaincy. Yeah, but Gary Neville had been there since he was 18. If we're talking about... Well, I've been, sorry, in the first team he was 18, he'd probably been at the club since he was eight. Like, I think sure. it's, it is different. Like, it, Casemiro had been there... I just don't think it's necessary. 12 months. You could have... You could have given it to Rashford, it could have been a problem. Like, uh, but well, I, let's not, let's I, not really, Varane, Varane, Martinez, uh, or or Casemiro should be the captain of that, that club. I don't think you could have given it to Martinez or Casemiro. Having see, like they've been there ten months at that time. Like, Madison, Madison was given a captaincy. Yeah, was, yeah. But, oh, sorry, no, he wasn't actually. Sorry, Son, Son is, isn't he? Yeah, but he was. Became, he was but given, imagine like, if they'd have given it Madison over Son. I think that would have been a problem. Potentially in the dressing room, but we don't pl- know. Players come in straight away and are, are captain straight away. All the time. Right. All the, like, I know, they? not they? the best example. Messi like gets it straight away, right? Yeah, but or like Thiago Silva, I presume was straight away captain. But he's not captain now. Thiago Silva? No, Reese James is. Oh yeah, that's true. Damn. Like I do, like I do like. Do you get I, what I'm under, saying? I don't I think like, it's a big thing, but it's not. I understand there's leadership positions to be had, but I think in the dressing room, I think you have to. Oh, there's just so much politics behind the scenes that I think people don't don't understand, and I think that Bruno Fernandez is was effectively the squad's selection as who they wanted right. to be the captain of the club. Like moving uh, forward, I just think that Casemiro, as much of a leader as he is, the inability to speak English, converse with half the squad, and the fact he'd been there ten months—if that had been given to him over Bruno, there would have been large issues at the, at the club. Okay, all right. I, I have d- no problem with Bruno being captain. I think it is, it's a, it, it actually annoys me. The captain's. I, I think it's. A, I just think it's a story. I, that's why I keep coming back. To, I feel like it's a storyline. That's a story. But I don't think United. it. But I think that's one you can definitely take away and just it's let not, him be man. him. Then it's not. If you give the captaincy yeah. to Casemiro, and people would now be saying, you give the captaincy to Casemiro, what six months ago, or whatever, and now he's much shouldn't be featuring in the team. It'd but be I a think in terms of story, man. Okay. It'd be a massive story. We it's must the same move with Varane. If you did it that way, you'd be, people would be saying the same thing. But they should be. Those two should be the captain. I know things have happened, but you've got two guys who've won everything. Yeah. A play in the centre of the pitch. Those should should be. They should be. And that would alleviate some but story. Clearly, that's yeah. Okay. I think. Well, Casemiro's captain of Brazil now, isn't he? So. Right wing. <laughs> what about it? Can I move it up? Can I play Mount as my right winger for now? Have a midfield free of Cobby, Casemiro, and Bruno, because I feel like the right wing options are really limited. Unless I can play, can I play Garnacho out there? You want to play Garnacho on the right? Well, I, in an ideal world, no. <laughs> but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to get Garnacho in there somewhere, aren't I? We don't have to. Well, well, well you can if, do, you if, can do whatever if my you options want. are set or forget, I need to keep Garnacho in the squad because he's amazing. Okay. Well, let's just run through these names then, because you're you're killing my running order here. Sorry, I am. Right wing, Anthony, who's 23. Ahmed Diallo. Injured. 21. Yeah, you're missing a player. He's one hell of a player. Palestri, still at the club. Only 21. Amazed yeah, by he's that. He's really young. Yeah. I'm amazed by Mega that. Young. Fantastic for me on FM for QPR. Ripple. Anthony being an ex-IX player is destroying Palestri's potential. Ten Hag has shown that he's quite loyal to Anthony. And that itself must be causing frustrations for the likes. Sancho can't buy a game. But is Anthony's price tag and the fact that Eric Ten Hag had him at Ajax making him more in favour at United despite being woeful? 
So we, I think we might touch this, touch on this again in, on the previous podcast. But I, I think there's something interesting here in like when you spend eighty million on Maguire mm. and he's your guy. Obviously, that's not Ten Hag, but for here, Anthony, in he particular, is guy, yeah. he is Ten Hag's guy. Does that make it difficult to look past it? And at what point do you give up on the price tag and see a player for for who they are? Uh, Pepeitis. Yeah, it's, it's called. I think it's a difficult one with Anthony, isn't it? Like he obviously was Ten Hag's guy, and I think it was a mega overpayment again by Manchester United. Shock horror. Come back to you know lack of structure at the top end, where decisions are being made reactively rather than proactively. Um, uh, you know, I, I I've seen good moments. We've seen good moments, but it's just not there, is it? Here's it's a question. Here's there. a question for you. It's not there. Actually, I'll say this. The question I'm going to ask you later on is, you know, how much how much is he worth? I mean, he's certainly not worth the way he's been given. I did, I, the thing I'd come back to with him is like, you saw how he was affected for Ajax. Mm. And that's another thing I just can't get past with Ten Hag. It's like, you're going to buy Anana, you're going to buy Anthony, you're going to buy Martinez, you're going to buy Hoyland. And then, and you could even buy like Mount, you could possibly or you've got Bruno Fernandes there as well like it could be a bit of a Tadic if you want it to be and you're not going to go down that Ajax blueprint mm. it's just a nonsense for me really it's utter nonsense it has to be it has to, I just don't you can't just change your mind on that it's just because every manager like, managers it... have to change but he's not Ancelotti he's not going well who are my best 11 players and we'll figure it out from there he's he is someone who's inspired by Pep and Pep is about identity as a team and having a philosophy so it's just it's just it's a lie <laughs> it has to be a lie. What, what bits of it is a lie? Where he says that he would never play like Ajax. Yes, and that and that is killing someone like Anthony here, who who was, uh, in terms of assist in particular, was incredibly effective for Ajax. Mm. In the air division, which is a problem for United, given that all of us. Luis Suarez came from, from the air division. Van Nistelrooy came from the air division. So Ronaldo Donny, came from the so air division. Van der Beek. I mean, I, yeah, I get that. I mean. But like, he's not been fit either. You're saying with the, I mean the guy. You know, you can't you can't throw Donny Van der Beek at me. <laughs> well, there's a lot of you know. There's yeah, a lot I get of it. Carson, Carson, him. You know, he struggled as well. But do you see what I mean? Like, because I think the frustration, my my own frustration, is that stop cutting back on your left foot. <laughs> but he's never going to do that, is he? And and so League so find a structure that works. So find a system that works for that. Premier League defenses have worked that out. But quicker than Edo is the defenses clearly. But an overall move, the overall sort of. Movement should, if it's in place, allow you to 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 get something out of a player like Anthony, and and therefore, if you're not going to get that, yeah, there's a problem. Then Anthony's, he's got to go, isn't he? Anthony, uh, I just yeah, I don't get the plans here. I don't get what I can see what Ten Hag's trying to do. I just can't see. Do you? Yeah. What, by, I think what, last by, in what aspect by bringing him in or tactically? I think by bringing him in, right? I think and tactically to a level. I think United last season when we're at our best, and I don't want to just keep harking back to when we actually had some identity. That's cool. Were way better with Anthony on the right hand side. Way better with that balance of Anthony on the right hand side. This season, the form is just out of the window. Like. And he's got and there's external circumstances with him, of course, and it's right. massively low on confidence as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know we've seen in the last two weeks, Ten Hag's dropped him. 
and is playing Rashford on the right, Garnacho on the left. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of an awkward one, isn't it? Because I don't know what you do with him now. Palestri. Is he good? I think he's good, but he's just so young and so raw. Uh, I think he needs a loan. <laughs> he's had a loan, hasn't he? <laughs> he's had a couple of loans. Has he I not? think he's had one, yeah, to uh, Alaves, was it? Or six months to Alaves? I mean, maybe I'm thinking about FM again. But the uh, I, I just think, yeah, I'm intrigued. But, but like, he didn't go on loan last season, did he? Uh, is the cavalry coming in the youth setup as well? I think that's also a thing that, like, with Ahmad. need. We've got Ahmad Diallo, Shuratiri, is that how you say it as well? Yeah. Like, he's been doing well, although. Uh, in Premier League 2 I think Man United like 10th at the moment so not killing it I think uh, Ahmad is just, Ganache, of course. just been so unlucky hasn't he when that space has become available on the right he's just had that long term injury and he, like, same in, with Kobe in the championship he was I mean he's way too good for the championship so like he's, he's he can con- contribute sorry I can't speak now mm. uh, left wing we'll, Ooh, so you're going to have to pick you're going to have to essentially pick a team at the end of all of this so Rashford, Sancho, Garnacho. I would like to lock these three in well, I would probably, given that we're not picking Anthony right, uh, I would just probably play Rash on the right, not his ideal position, to be honest with you, and then Garnacho on the left. Which of these three has the most potential in the next five years? You've got a 26-year-old in Rashford, Rashford. you've got a 23-year-old in Jane Sancho, and you've got a 19-year-old in Garnacho. Rashford. Because even when Garnacho, even in five years, he's only going to be 24, isn't he? So, like, he won't have hit his peak, whereas Rashford can absolutely the time is now. peak now and just be unplayable. But it's just. But can he be unplayable on the right-hand side? Uh, no, I think he's You're better on the left. Luke either, I think he's you? better on the left. He's definitely better on the left. But So, um, so, so make a decision. So you're well, saying decision, Rashford over Garnacho? But in a starting sense, yes. Like I would, I think Garnacho is better and more effective as an impact substitute. But like I wouldn't forget Garnacho. Like he's such an important player for United already and he's 19. How do you feel about Jadon Sancho? Uh, I just think it's probably time for the club and the player to part ways. I think that happens doesn't it at football clubs where there's a major disagreement major falling out and I think that it's best for all parties in this situation um, if in January Jaden Sancho either on loan or yeah. on a permanent moves on I think there are going to be issues with permanent transfers um, given his wage but uh, I could see yeah I could see him going to Saudi this Saudi wow this is the biggest talking point of the January transfer window for me like who he goes to and when who that's done. Him? I think there's obviously a Premier League move there for him. Like people would snap him up. Like you can imagine, like it's Lingard, isn't it? You could do a it's Lingard. Lingard, but on £300,000 a week. Yeah, but obviously Man United would have to swallow some of that. It's, it's... But if they were selling on a permanent, they're not going to be. And does, why does Jadon Sancho move to a club that's only going to pay him 150000 If it's on a permanent. Mm. I think it could be one where it's on a... There's something there where you go loan him somewhere let's let's use West Ham as an example loan to West Ham does well like Lingard you've still got him on a big enough contract and then you could actually get proper suitors for him and get yeah. solid money for him he doesn't want to go to Saudi there's no, no I way agree. I agree. and he wants to play because I he agree. wants to get in the he wants to have a little push at the Euros but as well, I which I don't think will happen because I, I don't think Southgate I just again think there, it's but. who can afford him it's, I, I don't see him staying in the Premier League. I really, really don't see him staying really? in the Premier League. Yeah, I think, you know, we saw Fabrizio tweet yesterday that Juventus have inquired about him. I could see it being, you know, Juventus or AC Milan, somewhere like that, where it's yeah. going to be a subsidised wage, like you said. And United are probably more willing to subsidise a wage abroad than mm. they are in the Premier League because they could look fairly foolish, couldn't they? If he joins West Ham and goes supernova for six months, it doesn't look great. Whereas if he goes to Italy, people go, well, that's Syria. Yeah, yeah. True, 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 true. 
Okay. Which is no disrespect to Serie A, but sometimes players can go supernova. If they're like, yeah, oh. but it's, it's it also it's sort of outside, out of mind, I think. I just but... think if a permanent move, I'd... Yeah, I really struggle to see who can... Who's going to be able to pay what United want and the wage structure? I think outside of Saudi in a January market, that's a very difficult transfer to make happen. Okay, we'll get back to the transfers in a second. So, okay, so your your right wing and your left wing, you've decided Rashford and Garnacho. Okay, Joe, twenty minutes, twenty minutes, twenty minutes. Keep swapping sides. There you go. Everyone's happy. Well, that'd be good. I'd love to see wingers swap sides a little bit because Anthony never plays on the left. <laughs> that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, so, striker position. Quick one, isn't it? Oiland. Yeah. Oiland, obviously. I don't really... Really yeah. good. Although, you know, now he's out for however long. Yeah, but... What happens fun. there? Yeah, he's, I think he'll be good as gold. Martial, it's time. Right, so... In terms of signings... Oh, here we go. Signing players. Am I allowed to? So, uh, yeah, is there anyone you would like? I've got a few options we could discuss. And then I do want to see how much money you could get, hypothetically, for these players that you've just forgotten Gosh. about. Kai, could you assemble that for me, my um, friend? Okay, so we're talking a centre-back. Priorities, right? So uh, let me give you some options. Go on. Position one, right back. Option one, Jeremy Frimpong. 22. Three goals, five assists. Mm. He's like a right back, right? Raheem Sterling. Well, he's a he's a very he's advanced wing back. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but like, isn't that where you want to get to, right? And if you think about what you're struggling with, Anthony, Is and it? you're trying to get something out of him, Anthony and the, coming into those half spaces, bombing on. I think you've so two options on that right back position. I think both would be really strong. Dumfries, which I'm sure we've put him forward for Man United several times. Maguire, over the last four or five games, has probably been Man United's best player. And especially if you've got to find a way to get the best out of Anthony because you spent 90 mil on him mm. or whatever it is. You need a really exciting right back. Attacking that, right back. Attacking right back is essentially a winger. And Jeremy Fringpom or Denzel Dumfries, I think, are two really good options. So does that mean you sell Dallow to fund? Dumfries? I've never been bothered with Dallow at all. I think he's solid. He's competent. He's a Premier League player. I, I remember Ronaldo in his interview, which is like a year ago now, mm. saying that he, you know, he's got the mentality to be world class. I just do not see it at all. I think he's solid, right? But you, this is the thing. Like, who who are the players that they're going to enforce their will on on the opposition? That's what Man United have to become. And Delo is not that player. I don't okay. think wan is either. So right back needed. There, those suggestions are pretty decent. Okay, centre midfield, position centre back. <laughs> God Almighty, man. Okay, right Crying side of centre back. out for. So there are options at centre back. Mark Gay, love him. Love him, love him, love him. Love He's him. good fun as well. Seen his but can you have Mark Gahey and Lissandro Martinez as a centre-back pair? Size-wise. 5'11", five, 5'9". Five, <sighs> it's small. You need some size there. I, do yeah, like, I, really I, do. I don't have a massive issue with Martinez's height, and he's proven that it doesn't really matter, but I think it's helped when you're paired with 6'3", Varane, 6'4", Maguire. Like, I think... Yeah. I love Gahey, though, and I would be totally up for him signing for the club. I would I would actually love to see how that played out. Like, does height even matter there? Because they are so good. I think it isn't, you know, you, when you can't break down a team, size matters. Like, and, and you see that with Man City. That's what Pep, I think, has understood in yeah. the last couple of and years. And look at Arsenal now. There's some big teams out yeah. there. Big yeah. teams. Exactly. Um, but I would love to see that. Like, mm. I love Gahey, and I think he... Is easily good enough to to play as Man United's right side of centre back. And yeah. what, how old is he? Twenty three. Twenty three. 
great player, man. 90% Massive pass accuracy. prospect. I'm real on the ball. Super athletic. I love him. But I mean, and Anderson's not enormous, is he? And those two are kind of playing. I guess you've got the difference is that Palace. You've got Joel Ward as another big guy, um, which kind of helps. Although a Luke bit. Shaw, six foot, deceptively tall. Is he? Yeah, that is deceptive. Uh, Jean Claire Todibo, also 23. <laughs> I can see that nice. one happening, especially, yeah, if Jim, especially if Sir Jim takes over. That's it. I think there could be a few little niece nabs. Nice niece nabs. Mm. Yeah, so there's two options there. And then final uh, position, centre midfield. We kind of touched in there, Oof. and that's where we're this all... This is the most crucial position, man. Cockchew from Benfica, 22. I know he just signed. Get contracts till 2028. Could, yeah, get your wallet. Yeah. But he's got a 120 million euro release clause. <laughs> right. Okay, maybe we'll go to Chelsea then. Big money. Douglas Louise. Love him, but again, would he go long term contract, man? I want to put it out there. I think Aston Villa maybe have the yeah, certainly well. the fifth best squad in the league. It's it's a dangerous take. I've not really thought it through, but I think they have a lot of quality and a lot of options in a lot of areas. I think they're very very impressive. Mm. It's running deep, right? Here yeah, we go. Let's make some money, shall we? It's probably. Yeah, centre mid is, is imperative for United to get right. Imperative. There's not a lot of money being made here, mate. Right, let's make some money. Can it be done? And, of course, there's a Man United side that uh, I think one of their biggest amounts of money that they've got back recently was Dan James, 30 million. We're the Great worst business. selling club. Great man. business. Bayern Deer, yet to play. Contract till 2027. Squad player, though, isn't he? Tell you what I'll do. Wouldn't, wouldn't be sold. Because what I did with uh, last week was that I, I didn't. I said in three years' time, you sell them in three years' time. So some of these players, you're not going to get money back because you might not have got the contract right. But they had so many players that contract was to 2030 okay. that they were fine. But for you, Joe, for you, because you're my golf buddy, I'm going to let Maybe you three. sell them whenever you can sell them okay. for as much as you can sell them. Okay. But in there, t- 2027. Well, he's just a backup keeper, isn't he? So What do you want for him? Kai's going to calculate this at the end. He we'll might. He'll probably up. still be there, man, and he'll be the backup keeper. So zero, zero. Let's okay. Just keep on. All right. Not making it easy for yourself. Delo, twenty twenty eight. Currently in twenty twenty three. Long guys. contract, man. He just signed that contract. Um, so you could get a couple of years out of him within this five year period. I think he would be hot property in the European market. That I like. Let's not forget it was only six months ago. Madrid were making inquiries into Diogo Dallo. I don't think that Diogo Dallo would go there necessarily. Uh, yeah, man. Obviously. Real Madrid. I yeah, think that is the one bizarre thing. They are looking Madrid. for like the car. They need a right sort of like. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he has some suitors on the continent, man. Yeah, I think Dallo. you get some like, solid cash for people him. People liked him at Milan. Yeah, you could see him. You could see him getting a solid move. I Will think, he get solid money? I How think, much do you get? Yeah, I think you'd be looking at 30, 40 million for him. I'll give you. I'll be super generous and I'll give you 35. Wow, I don't even think that's You think he's worth 40 million? Man. Yeah, twenty-five-year-old fullback. I think Portugal international. I think it's I guess so. I think thirty. 40 he's not. Million. He's not Hakimi or, or Trent no, or any going, of these dudes. Yeah, but they'd be going for a hundred, wouldn't they? Yeah. All right. I'll give you. Do you know what? I'm going to be super generous because I think it's going to get ugly. I'll give you. Th- th- I can't give you forty. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven guy. Varan. I don't think you know how to make money on Varane, do they? 2026, so he's got two years left. You could sell him in the next next summer. I think Varane will definitely have suitors in Saudi. Yeah. I think him and Casemiro, I could see United entertaining big offers for them in the summer. In January? Honestly. Maybe. Like, I, don't think they, I don't think they would sell them, but I think they're the type of players, aren't they, that are very Saudi pro league, like 
massive profiles, won it all. Yeah. Captain of Brazil, Casemiro, Varane still in and around. Is he still in and around the France squad or has he retired now? I can't remember. Either way, played in the last tournament, didn't he? Big names. Yeah. You've got to be a moment in your career, guys. 15 mil for Varane. Do you know what? Look at everything I've won. Do you know what? I'd like some money to 10 mil for Varane. 10 mil. 15 from the Saudis. 31 year old at this point. From the Saudis. 50, yeah, I'll give you How that. How much did they pay for Jordan Henderson? It was like 15, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I can't remember Maybe now. If they paid 15 more. for Jordan, I want 20 for Varane. <laughs> okay. uh, 20? This is from Saudi Arabia here. With one year left on his contract? I'll Jordan give... only had one year. Meet me, uh, meet me in the middle. 17. I'll give you 17. Okay. Lindelof. Contract's up in 2025. So he'll be going into his last Ooh. year. Whereas Varane will still have two. Do you know what? I'll give you 20 for Varane. Give you 20 for Varane. I don't think... Yeah. How old is Lindelof? 27. I've got it here somewhere. He is currently... 29. He's 29 right now. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, younger than me. Uh, ooh. So he will be... 10? I say he's about 30. Have you got a year left? year left. <laughs> you could see him... I mean, you could see him being very useful for a lot of Premier League sides. Definitely. I think he's a decent player, Lindelof. Oh, yeah, I think he'd get 12. Okay. 12. Uh, Malassia, 2027. Years years left on the clock. I uh, would keep Malassia as a squad player, man. You're going to keep him? Yeah. Okay, don't want don't want that money. Let's see what he can do. Kobe Mainu. Who you kept, definitely being you? kept, yeah. He was in your three, wasn't he? Oh, no, no. No, your three nah, was Mountain Bruno, wasn't it? Squad kept. Zero. Say it goes wrong and you, you've got to sell him. I would rather have sold Casemiro. Right. To the Saudis. Right, but you've made it, you've made him. Your decision now. McTominay. Interesting. Oh, well, what do we reject? 35, was it? Did from you? West Ham in the summer. 30. Might have been 30. I think we rejected. So, so you, do, you keep playing as a striker, sell him for striker money. If I think we rejected 30. Let's say we can deal at 35. Even though I would... Yeah, I think 30 was probably a fair fair bid by West Ham. Yeah, I agree. I think United wanted 40. And it never, a year uh, less on the contract. Do you think you get, you'll get 35? He has proven he can score goals, hasn't he? Never say never, mate. Sure, I'll give you that. 35. Ericsson. I think his contract will be up, will it? 2025. Well, I don't think United make money on Ericsson. Zero. Okay. Good for being honest. Goodbye. Go back to Brentford, maybe. Van der Beek. 2026. 2026. Wow. Has he still got that long left? Take, ten, 10 mil. <laughs> take five. Um, five, Kai. Mejbri, interesting. Hannibal. What do we think? How do you feel about him? Squad player, definitely keep. Yeah, you like him, do you? I like him. Can you trust him? I actually like him. I think he needs to control his temperament a little bit on the field, but I really like his attitude. I think he is technically very sound as well. Just needs to just a little calm, a few deep breaths. So I would be keeping Hannibal as a a squad player, definitely. (laughs) I I think if he like say like braided his hair. Or like, or whipped it off. There'd be a bit less bounce about him, <laughs> and then if there's less bounce, then he feels like he's because he's all over the place. Do you know what he I mean? Works so hard. He does like, work really, really yeah. hard. I think that might help. I actually think United have looked better generally when he's been in the team this season. So uh, definite squad player. Sometimes you need that keep. tenacity. Okay, keep Anthony. Uh, twenty twenty eight. So this is the question. I did want to say like then to open this up to you. Him at his best. How much is he worth? Let's do that. Let's say that it's you know we're in the depths of it right now, and that's often the truth. Is like it's not as bad as you think. Do we say forty? Yeah, surely. Young, twenty twenty eight, sort of locked in from that point of view. 
think someone would definitely pick him up. I think 40's fair. I mean, what a loss. <laughs> Slow yeah. blink from Joe. You can see exclusively on Spotify. Diallo. Oh, he's got to be a keep, man. I like Hannibal. If I'm allowed to keep Hannibal and Cobby, he's got to be a keep because he's actually a potential starter. But do you know what you're doing here with a lot of these guys? Is, you know, like we're saying Cole Palmer, you were saying, you know, it's okay to sell sometimes. Yeah, There's yeah. some money that you could bring in some good money for Diallo. No, but the difference is, is that Man City have a squad that will enable that to happen, whereas we do not. <sighs> okay, maybe. Sadly. But at some point, you got you know you need to be able to bring in some money. So Diallo, you're sticking with fine. Palestri, 2026. I think there'd be some money for Palestri in 2026, man. Given that he starts for Uruguay and we've got World Cups in between, I think that there's money to be had there. I think potentially 30 million. Has he proven himself anywhere? Well, no, because he's 21. <laughs> he's only started a handful just, of games, just... you know. But he's very, very highly rated. And I, I like him when he comes on, man. He looks dangerous. Like, he just... Gets in behind. He works the byline. I think the Fulham goal largely was down to his work rate off the ball as well. That Bruno Fernandez scored. I like him, man. Played 21 games last year for Alaves on loan. 32 minutes per game. Started six of those games. Scored no goals. That must have been the year before, surely. What season is this? 21-22. Yeah. Yeah, year before. Good spot. Good so there's spot. only 18 there, man. Give him, give the guy a break. I'm not trying to go after him. I just, I just haven't seen it yet. So he's too maybe I will. Him, I maybe I will. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what? So how much do you want for him? Again, I just don't want to sell him, man. I feel like the youngsters cannot be sold here, Jimbo. I think you'd be the a I, terrible director. I of wouldn't be. You've got to sell players sometimes. Not you don't want these guys. I do. <laughs> We've got nobody <laughs> you, in the squad otherwise. The some of these guys zero, are like, man. why have we? Th- some of these guys are Martial in a couple of years. We're like, why do we not sell this guy? No. Sometimes you've got to be brave enough to sell. Okay, so you're not selling him either. No, man. I don't think these are the players that need selling at United. It's not like Chelsea where you can axe these young players. There's a lot okay. of old boys right, that need right. moving on. Uh, Mr. Sancho, 2027. Okay, Saudis. <laughs> what can we hear? Yeah, can out. we talk? 50 mil. 50 mil from the Saudis. He's not going to go to the Saudis. Why not? He's just not, is he? He's a player in the prime of his career. He wants to play in front of 600 people. Just don't think he's going to do that. He's not about the money just yet. I you go to Saudi for the money. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, Sancho obviously. doesn't need to do that. Like, he's a guy who's brave enough to leave Man City. Who's going to pay Dortmund the fifty mil then in Europe? Are you telling me that no one's going to want Sancho? No one's going to be willing to pay fifty million for Sancho. Fifty mil. Yeah. Three hundred thousand pounds a week. I think you can need to. I think someone's going to have to like negotiate on that. That's that's going to need to go. But again, why would he negotiate on that? Well, it's just going to sit there until 2027. He's got that locked. I think... Let's say somebody does compromise. He's got to be brave enough to move. Let's say somebody does compromise. Let's say Juventus. Do they pay 50 mil for Jane Sancho? Plus the 300, right? So I guess if the 300 doesn't budge... PSG. No, because they've just got Usman Dembele. Yeah, they've got kids, haven't they? They've got amazing kids. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I mean, it's difficult... Possibly. Would he go back to uh, they Dortmund? They can't afford that wage. No right. way can Dortmund afford that no, wage. No, but I think something's got to budge, hasn't it? Yeah. But Dortmund ain't going to pay £50 million for anyone. Okay, what are we getting here for him then? It's tough. £50 million quid is on the table, surely. He's well, still only 23. You, but you just said you won't get that for him. Well, you Saudi think Arabia. He does <laughs> <laughs> okay, but do you, so 
Is that what you think will happen or what you want to happen? I think that's what... What do you think will happen? I think he will go... In real world, I think he goes on loan and then joins Saudi in the summer. Okay. For... 50 million. I mean, look, if you can get that to happen... That is, a, I just can't see him doing that. I just don't know where else he goes, man. Like, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Maybe let's say, you, you, let's say Juventus. Let's be positive for Jaden. Let's say Juventus. What about, pay the money. what about AC Milan or Inter Milan? Do they pay 50 mil? Go play with Ruben Loftus Sheik. Right, play with say, the boys. Let's say AC Milan come in, 50 million quid, pay him his money. Uh, good luck to him. I hope he does well because I actually think there's definitely a good player in there. For sure. Okay, we'll do 50 million. And Martial, his contract's up in 2025. I mean, zero. His contract's up in the summer. Oh, is it? I believe so. I think it maybe is an optional extra year. But it's an whether option. or not United choose to accept yes. that, I would be surprised. Okay. So what? So you're not going to make any money on that? It would seem. Yeah, zero. Okay. So you drum roll, please. A hundred mil worth of exits here. Well, you're about to find out. What do you think? I think we'd be up to about 115 mil. 150 mil on all those. Players. 115. One more five. Okay. So what we have here is a war chest. For insert manager here, Eric. Is he sticking with him? Yeah. Uh, 199 million. 200 million of sales. 200 million sales. That's big money. What is everyone worried about? Exactly. (laughs) Money to be made. That's the gym. It's all looking good. Okay. Stick it straight on Frankie. Yeah. (laughs) Get it, Frankie. Get it done. 200 million of sales. Very unlikely. I think extremely unlikely. And amazingly, didn't take money for Palestri, didn't take money for Diallo. Mainu. Didn't take money for Mainu. So maybe maybe it'll be all right. Once again, the big club gets away with it. Congratulations. Well, we probably won't, though, will we? Because 50 I mil for Sancho. my own hat if we get those sales done. Okay. So a minimum of 150 needs to be coming up, coming in very, very soon. And there soon. needs to be some big signings. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How quickly does that get gobbled up? Right, Joe. Thank you so much, mate. No worries, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, go check out Joe on... Still doing TikTok, are you? Yeah, now and then. Now and then. I haven't done a post in about... Loves a tweet. Loves a hot tweet. And, of course, is killing it on Sky Sports this Saturday Social. And so much more. Um, yeah, mate. Love it, mate. Appreciate it. Guys, if you enjoyed this one, uh, we've got another set and forget with the uh, boys from last week talking about Chelsea. Very interesting when it comes to their squad. Loads of great podcasts, all pretty much evergreen. So go check them out. And, obviously, a podcast earlier in the week with Joe. Give us a five-star rating. I'd massively appreciate it. It keeps the lights on. Um, Enjoy your week, your day, your morning, whatever it may be. And thank you so much for listening. 